Another, finally, another episode yes. of I Like to Movie Movie, uh, which hopefully this year will come out more consistently. Mm-hmm. That's my resolution to you. Absolutely. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Welcome Year. Welcome to 2014. I am your host, Garrett. Joined with me, as always. Dan Scully. Yep. Uh, joined with me at the hip, in fact. There uh, we I are. just realized that was a really weird sentence. Mm-hmm. Joined with me. We are joined together as one. Yeah. We both got into the machine at the one end of uh, the fly. Yeah. And then we got into it. And then we were joined because at the other end we were just stuck together. Yep. We fucked with God. We played God. We fucked it up. Yeah. Bad news. Brendel fly. Okay. uh, So we're going (laughs) to. We we thought uh, instead of doing a a movie movie this week, uh, we would talk about our favorite. I was about to say our favorite movie movies of 2013, but these are top 10 lists. I, I, I don't. Based on how my list came out, I don't know that I can. Uh, say that they're all movie movies necessarily. Well, I think ever since we started doing this, sh- this show, I started thinking about things in terms of what is a movie movie. Yeah. So I think that has informed my list a little bit. Yeah. And I saw a lot of movies, and it took... I enjoyed every movie, and that's, that's what we're doing with this show is trying to be positive, and I ended up liking everything. Yeah. <laughs> for, for some reason, even the worst stuff, I was like, all right, I get it. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm just an idiot or if... Uh, Maybe we're on to something. Wait, there were two movies you told me you didn't like this year, though. I've two been, movies. I've been thinking about this. Because uh, you always say that you that you always like movies, that that, that no matter what, you like a movie. Uh, I've never heard you say you don't like a movie, but this year, twice, you told me you didn't like a movie. And do you remember one, what they were? W- yes, I do. Okay, okay. I was going to look it up. One, very vehemently so, actually. Okay. The other one, you were you were like, oh, you know, you still did your kind of like, oh, but I could <laughs> tell you, like, you didn't like it. Okay. So the, the one that you, like, you didn't like, but you were like, w- was Old Boy? Old Boy. Oh, I hated it. Yeah, see? <laughs> it was so pointless. You. Oh, oh. See? Ugg Ugg times 10. Uh, And the other one, and this one, you were very adamant. You were like, (laughs) it's a bad movie. Don't see it. Was Bad Milo. Oh, no. (laughs) See, here's the thing. Like, I I appreciate what Bad Milo was going for, but they didn't go for it, and it was frustrating. (laughs) It was very funny, but they didn't. It should have been. I looked at that movie and said, here's a movie that is absolutely made directly for me. It's about a man whose stress manifests itself in the form of a butt goblin that crawls out of his asshole in the middle of the night and kills people that he has personal beefs mm-hmm. with. That's hilarious. I love that. Ken Marino's in it. Yeah. Practical effects, a real puppet. Yeah. And it just kind of like, it, it kept getting like a little, uh, oh, it's going to get edgy, and then it just went home. <laughs> but Peter Stormare was incredible in it. Yeah. He had a great role, and he's a good character actor, so that was cool. Yeah. He actually did a Super Bowl commercial with Andrew Sensenig oh, re- from oh, Upstream yeah, yeah, Color. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. We watched and that. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it was, those are I the two movies you told me you it. didn't like this year. Yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. like them. Yeah, uh, but I so I only saw it turns out twelve movies in 2013. So I don't even know if you can consider my top ten list a top ten in as much as these are ten movies I saw in 2013. Well, you're fired from the show. Okay, you haven't seen enough movies. We're yeah. gonna get someone else. <laughs> That's fine. Get out I'm of your room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I got a nice TV now. (laughs) 
That makes it feel like home. Yeah. But you know what? Now that you have a nice TV, you're going to catch up. Oh, yeah. You're going to see some stuff so that we can get ready for the Oscar season. I have been watching some crazy more things. stuff, but it's been more like like I watched like the first episode of Sherlock uh, okay. the other day. Uh, pretty that's pretty good stuff. Yeah, Big yeah, year yeah. for Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. I and, might say this Freeman. was his year. Yeah, Martin Freeman. Yeah. He's a guy that was always a face, and now he's a little bit of a name. Yeah, yeah. And he's good. He's great. Uh, so uh, we're going to do top 10 movies of 2013 that both Dan and I saw. Uh, and I have a feeling we're going to share some things on our lists, but they're probably not going to be in the same places, is my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not completely decided on my places. Yeah, I've got a couple that uh, I've been toying with. I wrote uh, this in like a sleep depraved state in the car <laughs> yeah. coming back from New Orleans. I'm yeah, like, I'm yeah. going to do it before it's officially the new year yeah. so that it's still relevant. And I fought for it. And so I might do a little shuffling, but okay. All right. here we go. Uh, so Today you, we present a four and a half hour epic. Yeah. I like to movie movie. <laughs> so you have 15 on your list. This is the unsubscribe episode. Yeah. Because this I, is what you're getting into. <laughs> uh, and I have tw- 10 on mine. Two that I that I will talk about why they were not on my ten of the twelve. Uh, so why don't you go like fifteen and fourteen, and then I'll throw one of those in. Now I'm not even because this is this is weird. I'm gonna already shuffle it around, and I don't want to rush to it because I know it's gonna be a thing. It's rush, isn't it? At no 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 <laughs> rush rush was a tough cut. Yeah. Rush is a good movie. I actually saw like fifteen minutes of it the other day, it's and I was good. very impressed. Daniel Bruhl from uh, Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. He's incredible. Really, really good. <laughs> Fuck you, asshole. Hey, <laughs> asshole. He calls everyone. Oh, it's great. And uh, and it's a pretty true. I looked it up. Like yeah, there's yeah. some things that were left out, but it's a pretty true account. And fuck car racing, but it was interesting. <laughs> But uh, I'll I'll drop it. Man of Steel is at fifteen. Okay, well that was gonna be the first one that came off my list. That was okay. immediately like not in my top ten. That that was actually probably the only decision I made with my top ten. <laughs> well, so this is uh this we have a small amount of history with this because I ardently defend this movie despite the flat fact I'm admitting it that it's totally flawed. Yeah. But I fucking love it yeah. with like with all my heart and soul. When I watched it the second time, yeah. it was at the truck. I left and I was like, I'm gonna be a better person, <laughs> like Superman. And I just was so inspired by Superman. And if that's what it took to make me feel that way about <laughs> Superman, it's a good movie. I don't know. Uh, I I. I have already committed to see. I need to see it a second time. I'm, yeah. w- I'm willing to give it another another go and see if I feel any differently. But I vehemently did not like Man <laughs> of Steel, really at all. I couldn't believe they made a Superman movie completely devoid of joy. That's that's my been my big calling card with this one. Like I got a lot of other problems with it, but that is to me the most glaringly awful thing about it is. You can try and strip it away of the Blue Boy Scout stuff, but Superman should still be... We should still see Superman on the screen and be in, like, absolute wonder of him. Mm -hmm. And I felt like this movie did not have any of that, really. Uh, I could agree with you entirely. Yeah. I would agree with you entirely. It's not very joyful, but it has joyful moments. Like, it plays weird comedy. Sure, it's got joyful moments. uh, They make up, like, five minutes of this, like, two-and-a-half-hour, like super dark rendition of Superman. And I don't even care. I mean, I don't think Superman should be dark, but I don't necessarily care that they did that. I get why that makes him a somewhat more relatable character to, to sort of humanize him through the sort of gritty lens that we keep looking at like heroes through mm. over the last like 10 years. It's absolutely a follow-up to the way Dark Knight did its yeah, thing. They're absolutely. going for it. Christopher Nolan produced it. Yep. It's going that way. Yeah, but I don't know that that totally works for Superman. I have a lot of other problems with it, just mm. like the depictions of... 
uh, you know, his uh, his surrogate father and, and all, all kinds of that. I don't know. I have a ton of problems with that movie mm-hmm. that I don't even want to get into because we'll just make the whole episode about it. Cause we owe a whole episode to it. Yeah. It. Oh, man. I don't know. Like, and I know, <laughs> I know you said, here's the thing. I know you were trying to tell me, like, no, no, no. Watch that last action scene. Not a single innocent person dies. Nobody died. That he fought okay. against. He basically did everything. Now my buddy I... told me this one thing that I think would have solved everything. Mm-hmm. He said, "Why wasn't Zod just like flying through the city, throwing people out windows? Yeah, and Superman like catching them, landing yeah. them, kiss the exactly. cat, you know, and do that kind of thing." And when I heard that, I was like, "Ah, you know what? He's right. Superman needs to do those. They things. could do that, but then at the same time, here's the thing: people would have been like, "Well, they didn't go all the way." Here's the thing. If he had done that, mm. and we still saw that massive destruction, that I am... Con- By the way, I rewatched some of those sequences. There are definitely people... Di- there's no way there's <laughs> not people dying in those sequences. It's, it's not... I don't even know why that's a no, thought. No, that's thing not is, even a... We're, <laughs> we're going to end up talking about this forever. What I'm thinking is, you got to watch it. Superman does crash into buildings and kill people. Entire skyscrapers fall on top of other skyscrapers. It's insane. Why don't you want to see that? But how how are you assuming that no No, one died? I'm not saying that no one died. People died. But if you watch the way that the fight is choreographed, Superman never actively does anything. It's always collateral damage from Superman. Yeah, he's trying so hard. So Superman takes on and throws him into fucking space. Space. Yeah, he's trying so hard. Oh, I know, but not on. No, that's t- it's. Oh, it's I, so I will admit everybody died. But, oh, you know, so God, many people died. <laughs> what was the Zack Snyder thing? He was like, "Gods are fighting." Oh yeah, that God's was the worst excuse died. for that. I don't know. I'm into it. That was the worst excuse for <laughs> but that. But here's the other thing too. I, I know you have a history of Superman. You have a love for Superman. Yeah. I never gave a shit about Superman. Yeah. And so if 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 they pulled what you're saying to some dirty tricks to get me into Superman. Yeah. Uh, I'll take it. I don't know, man. Here, I've read a, a lot of Superman comics here's the thing, since though, then. If they had done that thing that your buddy suggested, mm. like him like just like grabbing some people as they fall out of windows and things like that, if he had at least done that, even one, I mean, give me a few more times than once, but at least shown him making the effort, recognizing mm-hmm. that what he's doing right now is causing mass deaths Absolutely. of innocent people, and he was at least shown to recognize that and make some kind of effort at all to prevent any of those deaths in the moments that he could, I would have totally been on board with that. I would have run with that. Because it is, I do get why they did what they did. It would be impossible for two gods to mm. war in the middle of a city and not lose lives. There's no possible way that would make any sense. Mm. Even if Superman was at his most powerful where he could dart around the city, he wouldn't be able to fight and dart. You know what I mean? It's it still logistically, I feel like, wouldn't make a lot of sense. Mm. But at least show him making a little bit of fucking yeah. effort. He was kind of adult. Yeah. He was kind of like a uh, Superman, like, that Zod showed up. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm going to go get him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, what, what you're saying isn't wrong, but I don't think that for the lack of that, it makes it bad. Oh, it was so bad. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. We uh, have to I gotta, I'll watch this. it again sometime. I'll watch it again. What's your number 14? We should we should watch it again, and we should get Sydney in here. Mm-hmm. All right, four, uh, 14 for me. You know what? I need my pen, because I'm going to be doing a lot of rearranging. <laughs> Uh, so you, uh, I'm just trying to fill airspace. I did it great with a few ums. All right. Well, ums work. So I think that after that, I put, uh, the Dallas Buyers Club. Okay. I did not see that. Well, and that I heard came, really good things. That came on, uh, Matthew McConaughey's having a hot two years. Yeah. He did Killer Joe, where yeah. I was like, oh shit, he's doing something edgy. You know, that was, that was pretty cool. He did, uh, he, you know, he's popping up and everything. He was just in Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. A little bit, but he was, it was one of those, uh. 
Oh, I, like I saw Halle it. We'll Bowl. talk about it. Yeah. Okay. That that actually. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dallas Buyers Club is cool. It's it's. Uh, I almost called him Woody Harrelson. It's Matthew <laughs> McConaughey doing what every other star has done, where they either lose a lot of weight yeah. or they gain a lot of weight. Yeah. That was big in yeah. 2013. People doing it, and you know what? It's, That's been big a, since uh, Raging Bull, probably earlier. It's incredible. Yeah. They sacrificed their bodies for <laughs> our entertainment, and he did it. And it was good, and it was uh, it was very very. Uh... Lean into your microphone. That's oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm getting up. A... You, you looked at me all spacey, like I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> stage stage directions. <laughs> But uh, it was very good. It was very entertaining. It was absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. It was terrifying. That's the only reason I don't want to see that movie, actually. No, but, it, but it's also, it's got a lot of humor to it. Okay. And just a lot of, uh, it's just good acting. Jared Leto's awesome in it. Yeah. And it, it's, uh, it's just very real. It's about a time that I didn't really know about. There's a couple things that are just kind of, uh, it's ironic in a way where we know some things going on that mm-hmm. maybe Matthew McConaughey's character is not aware of. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, it's a good movie. It's a yeah, very yeah. good movie. And it ends on a light note. That's, that's rather nice. And it was good. And it's a uh, high on my list of top 15. I want to see that one. Well, I don't know. It seems sad. That's, that's one of the trends. It's my worth list the sadness that's at. in it. it. It pays off nicely. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the trends in my list as I was looking at it. We'll, we'll kind of talk about that when we get to the end of our list. But I, uh, a lot of comedy in my like high entertainment movies mm. in mine was really all I went to see this year. Fair enough, um, movie movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And see, <laughs> that's what I love about Man of Steel. At the end of the day, it's a crazy movie movie. It is. I, I will give it that. And that's why we'll give it a whole episode. So let's yeah, get yeah, back yeah. into it. But um, okay, up here on my list, oh, I'm shuffling. <laughs> Every day he's shuffling, shuffling. Every day I'm shuffling. I did a. Uh, oh fuck me. Blue Jasmine. Woody I Allen. I did not see that. And I, a, we really like to. It's good. Yeah, I it's actually maintain that if, if the Oscars do mean anything, which they don't, Kate <laughs> Blanchett should win Best Actress for this movie. Really? She's in, she's so... It's insane. Everything's insane to me. It's, uh, it's really good. She's very, very good in it. Yeah. And uh, when you're a Woody Allen fan, you sub- you subscribe to the idea that two times a year you're going to see a Woody Allen movie, and one of them is going to be just like awful, yeah. and one of them is going to be incredible. Yeah. And Blue Jasmine was the incredible one. Okay. I forget what the I don't think I saw what the other one was. It was uh, you will meet a tall dark stranger. Sure, that yeah, might I be further know. back. I don't know. I'm behind on my Woodies. Oh, uh, but and, Mi- um, uh, Midnight in Paris, I think, was last year, wasn't Midnight it? Midnight in Paris, and that was another really that good really one. really good, yeah. That was a really good one, but that was in there. It was a lot of good performances. There was a secondary actor, and I can't think of his name. He was the one Andrew of the guys Dice in Newsies. Clay. He was in, a, he was in a Doogie Hauser. I'm going to look him up. Oh, he was you, a little Italian friend. Christian Bale. Not Christian Bale. But, uh, uh, John Leguizamo. Not John Leguizamo. Uh, but either way, you know, let's not get into it. It was a great <laughs> movie. Blue Jasmine. Let's Great. Move on. Uh, Move, moving on on the list. What? Uh, yeah, give me another one, and then I'll tell you another one that it did not make my list. Okay. Next one that I have on there is uh, "Only God Forgives." Oh, uh, I didn't see that. It's the follow-up, and it, I shouldn't say this. It's not a follow-up to Drive. Right. It's Nicholas Winding Refn's next movie with Goo Goo Gosling yep. after Drive. Yep. And he's. Uh, it's good, but it's it's more it's closer in theme to if you've seen Valhalla Rising, which I recommend. It's on Netflix. Um. It's more in tone to that, where it's a little bit weird. It's not as straight ahead as Drive, sure. which is odd I to mean, say. I mean, Drive isn't even that straight ahead, actually. Not that straight ahead at all. Yeah. But um, it's wild, it's weird, and it gains upon repeat viewings. Okay. And it's very visual. And, oh, I like uh, that. It's not fun. It's a very mean-spirited movie. Yeah. And um, That's actually my number one and two movies are 
fighting. I can't figure out which one I want to put first. And mm. my, my, my concern with them is, is rewatch value actually. Mm. That, that's uh, my fav- my most, like my favorite movies are movies that are like highly rewatchable. And I think that both of these movies are, I think one probably more than the other. Mm. And I can't decide which one I value more. Fair uh, enough. For that reason. Uh, we'll so evaluate that, that value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll evaluate the value of the. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So this didn't make my list. Uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. Did not make my list yeah. either. Uh, and I enjoyed it. I actually, I, enjoyed it I very too. much enjoyed that movie. Uh, I didn't think it quite uh, lived up to the first one, uh, but it was, for a sequel, like, very good. The uh, first one got me into Star Trek, and I didn't give two shits about Star Trek. Yeah. And you know what? It was cool. And I got into Star Trek, and I was like, you know what? It's good. Yeah. It's really good shit. And um, the second one was good. Yeah. But it was kind of the same thing again. Yeah. With bigger stakes. Yeah. I actually, I like the thing where it's con. Yeah, me too. Because I don't give a shit. Yeah. I can see why that pissed some people yeah, off. Yeah, I don't know, whatever. But whatever. It was big. It was a bombastic, huge yeah. movie. And I think another theme for this year, along with actors losing and gaining weight, is uh, big. Trying to go big. What? Big movies. Oh. W- what about them? We're going big this year. It's a, it's a trend. It's a theme. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I think it's becoming more and more clear that uh, I think Spielberg and Lucas were saying this uh, earlier this year. They were quoted as talking about um, the way the studio system works now is they basically fund like five movies a year. Mm-hmm. And they just make five huge movies. And then nothing else gets made by the studios. Mm-hmm. Everything else has to be funded independently. Uh, and they were like that. Their opinion was that's going to cause Hollywood to like implode in the next like decade or so. That they're not going to be able to sustain themselves on that. But I mean, if those movies keep making the kind of money that like Avengers, you know what I mean? Those billion dollar, mm. if they can make billion dollar movies, at, you know, even if one of them is out of the five they make, I don't know. They might be able to sustain it. I'm not sure. As long as they keep putting, if they put all of the money towards the Avengers movies, yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Yep. Everything else is good enough. Yeah, I think I I, I think I might I, I'm actually going to use this podcast to announce that I'm done with movies. Uh, I only want Marvel movies from now on. <laughs> I don't need anything else. They can just keep making movies in that universe all the time. I want a new one every month. That would be great. It'll be amazing. Yep. I I don't even think that Agents of Shield is like a great show. No. But I obsessively watch oh, it it's so fun. because I don't want to miss a drop of Marvel. Yeah. Like I was always a uh, casual comic book reader. Yeah. But now, like, I've gotten into it. Yeah. And it's weird. And it worked. They yeah. spread their net out. Yeah, I know. It's wild. I mean, it's bringing people back to books, too. Book sales have it's kind good. of been on the rise. Yeah. I read um, on the ride back from New Orleans. Yes. Back from New Orleans. <laughs> I, uh, I read The Dark Knight Returns oh. all the way through for the first time. Oh. Amazing. It's, it's incredible. It was, it was wild. And, and uh, so good. And, and it you, got me into reading that stuff. And you know what? We'll never get that Superman on the screen because mm. of the way they told the story of Man of Steel. You son of a bitch. You know what? The touchscreen game on, on iPad, yeah, really good. <laughs> so if if it all leads so to that, that, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> Superman's a good thing. So it makes 15. He is the Blue Boy Scout because uh, he gave me a good touchscreen game. So yeah, Star Trek Into Darkness, it was good. Didn't make my list. Didn't make my list. It's entertaining. Yeah. So what it's you, big. That's, it's, it's big. It's I know, a big it's, movie. It's huge. Yeah. Oddly, did not make my list. Mm. Pacific Rim. Oh, it's all mine. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's a very good movie. I'll say this. I bet if I saw more movies this year, it wouldn't have made my 10. Okay. Uh, it, yeah, it wouldn't have made my 10 if I saw more movies this year. It was good. I'm almost positive. Charlie Day is playing a character that 12 years ago, uh, what's his name? Oh, God. Now I can't think of his name. Why'd you do this to me? What movie? Uh, Paul Giamatti oh. would have played 
the role that Charlie Day played in Pacific yeah. Rim yeah. 15 years ago. Yeah. So that's good news for Charlie Day is what I'm saying. <laughs> he could really break out and actually be a good actor. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that's pretty wild. Yeah. And it was 3D. It was big. Why, if you have 150 thousand million billion dollars to make a movie about robots fighting monsters does every fight have to be in the dark (laughs) during a storm where you can't see anything because it kind of looks cool as shit (laughs) it did look cool but i was like give me one daytime slugfest yeah you know over the st louis gets destroyed i don't know i also think that that probably uh uh to some extent was probably a decision for actual effects work anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure it's a little bit easy, maybe not easier, but I, I think you can probably mask some of the effects in just like darkness and rain. And, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's how I um, felt about it. I felt yeah. that was cheap. And I was like, you spent all this, all this money. Yeah. But you know what? Also the, uh, tonight we are canceling the apocalypse. Oh, that was the best. Iconic. Oh. So, you know that I said that as much as I used to say, this is Sparta. Yeah. And so, you, you know, know what else is iconic? <laughs> Him fucking uh, the one robot rising out of the sea into space and pulling a sword we didn't know it had out of its back and then going back down in the ocean. That was that was one of the incredible. best things I've ever seen on the screen. Uh, so it, that was my number ten actually. Okay, uh, that made it to ten on my list. Now uh, I'm starting to once again shuffle it because I'm thinking about how uh, what it's big. It's a big. It's movie. huge. I just that was the thing. Like it probably wouldn't have made my top ten if I saw more movies mm. uh, because overall it's actually not like a uh, fantastic story. Uh, like the characters are not crazy interesting. Uh, it, it's it's a lot of cheese is the mm. best way to put it. But the it's Bo great Staff cheese. Scene. It's yeah. It, it's great cheese though. It's like it is good it, cheese. It it, it it reminded me. Of, I felt um, patriotic. Yeah, it reminded me of Top Gun. That was okay. like the tone that I felt like it had. It it seemed like it just sounded like Top Gun to me, mm. uh, which is to say, probably not a top ten movie, but the best of that kind of movie. Like it was exactly what it wanted to be, and I loved mm. that about it. Uh, and I, I do enjoy that tone actually. The sort, the somewhat intentionally, uh, the intentional cheese. Mm. Uh, I I do find enjoyable uh, for the most part. I think it struck the same chord that whereas like Independence Day is not a very good movie, right? Right. But we're always gonna watch that every yeah. July Fourth. Yeah. It's an iconic movie, exactly. and, and I, I won't call it good, but I love it. I absolutely yeah. love it yeah. passionately. Exactly. And I think that Pacific Rim is of that ilk. Yeah. And I would say and better it's, than it's Independence Day. Way better than yeah, Independence yeah, yeah. Day in terms of just a better movie. But certainly, yeah, Guillermo del Toro has a, a certain. He gave it like a lived-in world. It yeah. felt real. But I hate Charlie Hunnam. <laughs> yeah. He, he sucks. Was, yeah. He's like, hi, I'm a piece of wood. I just showed up today. What do I do? And yeah. you're like, just stay right there. <laughs> I just help but dance around him and just yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. act as hard <laughs> as you can. And then get in the robots, and we'll yeah. let the computers do the rest. They got such like all the supporting cast in that movie is like huge character actors. Yeah, because Charlie Hunnam is just like this fucking like board game piece mm. that just gets put into an action role. You know, he was cut from Sons of Anarchy, so he's, <laughs> yeah. he's ready to go. I won't mock it. I've never seen it. Uh, so what, so are, what are you on eleven? All right, I'm on eleven, and I'm gonna uh, uh, I'm gonna knock this one out. And uh, it's so hard to do. Stoker. Okay, that's my number nine. Nice. Yeah. Stoker is a good movie. I really, really liked it. Uh, and it, So this might be, it's one of maybe two or three movies on my list that is not just like a big, fun movie, you mm-hmm. know? 
But the reason I like this guy's movies are because it's the way he tells the story visually is so interesting and entertaining mm-hmm. uh, that like I'm I'm very comfortable watching a smaller, slower story because it's so he's like telling it in such an interesting visual way. Mm. Uh, this is the same director as the original Old Boy, mm. which uh, is why I think it's an important movie to have on my list. Yes, yes, because we got to see this year something that very rarely happens: a foreign film director coming to America. Yeah, this was his first making, English language film. Yeah, his first English language film, making a movie that isn't really fucked with by the producers right. or not getting shoehorned into, like, let's say, The Last Stand. Right, right. Yeah, did the good, the bad, the weird. Does Last Stand? Right. It's it's good. Yeah. But it's not the weird is so cool and shows such promise for like an interesting filmmaker Mm -hmm. to he he basically becomes a gun for hire when it when it comes to like that first American movie he gets to Mm -hmm. make, which did not happen with Stoker. That's not Mm -hmm. what it is. You know, it's absolutely his movie. I feel like he probably knows English. (laughs) Yeah. But then at the other end of the spectrum, we got to see an American filmmaker's remake of what pretty much broke him out from the underground and everybody talking. You know, Everybody heard about old boy now. Yeah. Yeah. But it maintains being good. Yeah. And so. Now that uh, we see the Spike Lee old boy, it just it was just weird because it was so effortless. Yeah. And there was money there. Yeah. But producers did fuck with it. Yeah. And it's crazy that we saw this movie that had a relatively wide release. I mean, Stoker's release wasn't huge. Yeah. But from that filmmaker and old boy was just shoveled away. So there is a statement to be made that some of that kind of shit is, uh, it can happen. Mm-hmm. They're not just going to be, uh, you know, like... Uh, when the ring mainstreamed with Gore Verbinski, right. none of those filmmakers really broke out. Right, right, right. So it it was a good thing. It was a good movie. It was a fucked up movie. Stoker is is really weird. <laughs> it's a it's, weird movie. Yeah, it's really weird. And I don't even the like it was. It, this is how weird it was. I normally don't like movies like this. I got to the end of it and I was like, okay. I think I get it as far as understanding what happened in the beginning and the middle and the end. What was the point? Mm-hmm. What, what was all of that about? Like, what is this movie actually about? And normally I don't like feeling that way at the end of a movie, but I really liked that movie and that it made me feel that way by the end. Mm-hmm. I really could not tell you what the point of telling that story is mm-hmm. or what conclusions we should draw from that story. I have no idea. But it was it was really good. fucking good and really interesting to watch. And it maintained the same visual stamp. He did a lot of he used a screen wipe. Yes. And he always uses screen wipes that overlap. Yes. It's not just like a Star Wars. No, yeah, yeah. And he, he maintained that a couple times. And, and it was in the same just like it, soft way that was that still had an edge. He also used it within scenes. There mm-hmm. were a couple of scenes where within the same scene and time frame a character would walk one way towards a doorway and that would be the beginning of a swipe that the next shot would come out of and it was like a different character coming from another doorway. But mm-hmm. it's all the same scene contextually, mm-hmm. which was really interesting because normally wipes are used to show like the passing of time. Absolutely. Uh, but he, he would use them like right next to each other. It was, it was pretty cool. Uh, he also did this really interesting thing. One of the things they explain immediately in the story, which this is one of the weird things about it is... It's ostensibly not a supernatural movie at all, mm-hmm. but the girl kind of seems to have supernatural powers that are just kind of unexplained. She just the movie opens with her explaining that she hears and sees at great distances. Mm-hmm. 
It's like a fairy tale. Right, yeah. But it's kind of a dark fairy tale. It's right. a little fucked up. Yeah. And, oh, it's uh, a lot fucked up. But what's really cool about it is the way he, he both shoots the movie and does the sound design. Mm-hmm. Bec- he never forgets that those two things are supposed to be a factor of this girl's life. And so anytime you're seeing something from her perspective, you get like really weird sound effects. Like you'll hear someone gripping their pants, you know, like rubbing their mm-hmm. fingernails on their pants and that little noise that that makes. That'll be really loud and in the foreground because that's what she hears, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and when she's looking at things at far distances, they'll actually show like the depth of field will suddenly grow uh, for her the way the focus is. Uh, it's, it's pretty interesting the way he shot it to... Uh, sort of keep that in mind the whole time. And mm-hmm. then there's scenes where like it'll jump from her perspective to the male character's perspective and you'll lose all of this stuff uh, that's suddenly in her becomes perspective. A cold, hard edit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then jumps right back to her perspective. It's really interesting. I think it's good and it's a good performance by uh, Mia Mia Wasikowska. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, her name at all. I don't know how to do it. Uh, but yeah, she's great in it and I really liked uh, Matthew Good in it as well. I'm going to give props to Nicole Kidman. Oh yeah. Whatever she did to her face, it actually works for the character because she is a woman who's into vanity yeah i'm not knocking nicole kimmon at all she's fantastic in it she does great she work was really good in it but she looked absolutely the part for it yeah, yeah. and it was uh it was good it was yeah. it's an interesting movie it didn't want to be boring it didn't seem to get you know taken out of the director's hands right and it's one of the best of the year yeah you can definitely tell nobody touched that mm. there's too many weird uh things uh if you've seen old boy or any of his movies you know that he he does seem to have uh, uh, I don't know if they're sexual hangups or what they are, but he explores sexuality in really weird ways in all of his films. Mm. Uh, and this one is no exception. Absolutely not. Uh, all right, let's move on from Stoker. Yes. Uh, what is your number? That was your 11? Yeah. What's your 10? Francis Ha. I did not see it. It's on Netflix. You I'm, should see it. I'm gonna. It's one of the two black and white movies that I saw this year. Oh, yes. Nebraska was the other one. That was a tough cut from the list because I loved it. It's a little bit uneven. But I don't want to get into it. Alexander Francis Ha is just a lovable movie. Yeah. It's really light, breezy, really quick. It's absolutely enjoyable. I am madly, I have the biggest crush on this movie. Oh, yeah. That's how I feel about it. Greta Gerwig is just so, like, plucky. and uh, she's, she's the most real manic pixie dream girl I've ever seen <laughs> because she's actually just kind of fucking dumb. Yeah. And just, but, you know, really, really well to do. Oh. I'm not going to call her dumb. That was mean. Yeah, now I'm interested in it. It's a smart movie, but she's just kind of a... a She's like, oh, you know, well, well-to-do good girl, but bad things happen. Yeah, and she just goes with it. By the time she's running through the streets, ballet dancing to "Modern Love" by David Bowie, <laughs> you just you can't help but just like, yay! <laughs> you know, so Francis has good. Right. I have never seen a Noah Baumbach movie. Oh, I really? know that's a crime, but um, this was the first one, and I'm definitely going to see more. Yeah, uh, see Squid and the Whale. Squid and the Whale. That's the one everyone tells me really, about. Really good. Have you never seen Life Aquatic? Oh yeah, I know. I know he wrote Life Aquatic, yeah. which I think is is like the best. Oh, it's <laughs> I fucking so good. Love that movie. The movie is great. People hate on that one. That's my, that's oh, no, one of my favorite. So, that movie I think really does grow on repeat viewings. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, all right, so I actually already did my number ten and my number nine because they they fell into your list. All right. Uh, so why don't you do your number nine? Number nine, we are gonna go with. Oh, it's so rough. You got this. You can do it. Oh, Give me a movie man, title. This is the end. Oh, number nine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to wait to talk about that one, actually, uh, on my own list. Uh, But feel free to uh, expand on that if you like. You got you got anything oh, oh, other than silence? So I really had to remember what order I was putting this <laughs> in when I write up the blog tomorrow. So I was numbering them backwards. Um, 
Shit, and I lost what we were talking about. This is the end. Yeah. It's it's fucking the the best. Yeah. (laughs) How can I just say anything but just dumb enthusiasm? Yeah. It's just a great movie. Yeah. If you don't like that movie, you're just a jerk. We'll we'll talk more about it later in the countdown thing. Because I got yeah, it's a little further up on mine. Where am I at? Eight now? Eight. Uh well, okay, so I'll give my number eight. Uh actually a black and white movie that uh made it into my top ten. Much ado about nothing. (sighs) Ah, I want to see that. I did not see that. It is so enjoyable. Mm. Like I honestly This is another movie Where I'm like If I saw more movies I don't know if it would Make it onto my top 10 But then when I was Putting the 10 together Of the 12 I had seen That was like one That jumped out to me Pretty quickly I was like Oh that'll probably be Kind of towards the bottom mm. And then once I started Putting the list together I was like No I enjoyed that movie Like a lot L- mm, Like a lot it. more Than some of these other movies It is really just There's something Really charming about it That's the best thing I mean I, Wes Anderson's A to... good filmmaker well, It's not Wes Anderson And not Wes Anderson What did I say Josh Whedon Josh Whedon Josh, Whedon. Yeah, yeah, Josh yeah. Whedon's a good uh, Good filmmaker But yeah. he suddenly has money To just do little things like that Yeah He did the Avengers Let him do whatever The fuck oh, he wants Oh I know uh, But it's so like It is so Enjoyable <laughs> and charming That's the best thing. It's the best way to say it It's like Every character just kind of leaps off the screen. Nice. The fact that it's who's all... even in it, I don't even know who's in uh, it. Honestly, I don't know most of the actors' names. I think Nathan Fillion is the only one that like. But oh, and uh, I don't know the kid's name, but the uh, the kid who sort of sounds like Shaggy that was in um, uh, uh, the the haunted house one that he wrote, uh, Ca- Cabin in the Woods. Oh, okay, Cabin, you know what I'm talking about the oh, stoner yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, he's actually really good in it and plays a totally different character. That's wild. Uh, and then, and then he plays pe- a very much just character. In yeah, Cabin yeah. And, the and then there's some people from his other shows, like uh, one of the guys from Serenity, the uh, Rivers brother, uh, is in it and pretty good. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you ever Serenity. Uh, what was the show? Yeah, called? Firefly. Firefly. Yeah. It's been so long since I've watched it. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's it's people I recognized, but like not anybody I knew by like name. They were just all really good. It was all the original Shakespeare dialogue, but they did a really good job of all like televising what they were saying through like their body language. Mm. Uh, so it was like I don't know. It was great. I really really enjoyed it. That's it, awesome. Yeah. I, and I think that's uh, like when Romeo and Juliet tried to do that. Yeah, that was a that was a cool way to do it. Mm-hmm. But they almost just like embraced the the old schoolness of it yeah. by making it like kind of cheesy and melodramatic. Yeah, yeah. But like to have that new almost. Uh, like the the mumblecore value to it, where yeah. everyone's just kind. Are they improving? Are they just kind of know each other? And to do that to contextualize the the vague dialogue of Shakespeare, if yeah. you're not a reader of Shakespeare, I think that's a cool idea. It's, and you're it's selling interesting me on it. because the way they they present the dialogue is it's all the original dialogue, so it still has that weird Shakespeare rhythm to it, mm. where people are talking kind of in that like, and then we shall go to the da, 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 da. like they mm. kind of have that just because that's the way that language is written. But they do a really good job of with inflection and the way they like move like the especially the main actor has like a really expressive face. So like they kind of get across what they're actually saying through their acting more than mm. the actual dialogue itself, which is, is pretty cool. It's really fun to watch. Well, I want to see it. And it's really funny. Like really funny. Nice. Uh yeah. I think that's what it needs. Shakespeare can be funny. Oh yeah, yeah. But like and I mean, Romeo and Juliet is a comedy. Wasn't a fun- yeah, that's yeah. that's a tragedy. Why yeah. am I even? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not as funny uh, as. But the they, tragedy. they do a good job of highlighting what's funny about it, and also like taking things where you're like, if you're listening to the dialogue, you're like, I don't, I never would have read this as funny. Mm. But they're giving. There's like a great. There's a couple scenes in particular that have like great act outs in them, where you're just like, I never would have thought to give it that act out, but it makes so much sense. When you really pay attention to like what's being said and how it's being said, mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting. It's cool. I want to see it. Yeah, it's on my list. You're number eight. Do it. Number eight. All right. What did I just? Where was I at? Nine. Was this the end? Okay. 
Number eight. Gravity. 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 Number eight. I got I got that one locked in at number three for me. Okay. Number three. Big movie. Yeah, big. Big movie. Big. That uh, was fucking incredible. I can't. The reason I put it so high up because I debated putting it that high up for a while because uh, there are movies on my list that I had more fun with. I think mm. uh, even Pacific Rim, honestly, was a lot more fun. I thought than Gravity, uh, and and overall, I tend to enjoy something that is like entertaining. Uh, I know that's like a weird thing to say about a movie. They're all entertainment, but like like entertaining on a very like fun big level. Uh, I tend to like more it. But I cannot think of another movie, not just this year, but in the last 10 years, maybe more, that had me this wrapped up in it and just enthralled by every frame. I was terrified. Uh, I, I was blown away. Like I was bl- it was a weird experience of like as a movie fan being so technically blown away by everything that's happening on the screen. Like, how the fuck did they do that? I can't yeah. believe the camera's doing this. How the fuck did they make her look like that? I can't believe that looks so real. How the fuck did they film that? That looks impossible. But at the same time being like, oh, fuck, yeah. I'm going to shit in my pants. I can't take this at all. I can't do it. it like having terrifying. both of those things happen at the same time in my brain was like, I've never experienced that in a movie theater before. It was terrifying. Yeah. It's the best horror movie of the year. Yeah. yeah. And I have another horror movie uh, on here. But that was, oh, it I was, yeah. It was, but either way, it was terrifying. Yeah. And yeah, a part of me is just going, they had to have gone to space to film this. <laughs> yeah. They just threw George Clooney in space and <laughs> yeah. he was like, I'll just die for my art. Yeah. It's fine by me. And then it worked. But no, it was a movie. Oh, my God. And it looked that real yeah. to me. And I'll tell you what, it's not a movie without problems either. I, I think there are actually significant problems in some of the storytelling and gravity. Uh, but I don't fucking care at all. It's no, not such at all. an incredible movie. To me, it felt like where you take a B movie script. Yeah. Like The Thing. Yeah. And then you put it in the hands of a master. Yes. And it's, it's awesome. Yes. You take a B level script like Alien. Yes. And you turn it into a franchise by giving it to these incredible filmmakers. Yes. Gravity was just, oh, it, it was, was exactly stunning. that. It's a B. It, it's a B movie. It's yeah. just a, a basic story. Yeah. Lost in space. A yeah. little bit of family issues. How's yeah. she going to get home? Yep. It's that simple. Yep. But it goes big also, how and did it she stays get big. She's what? She's a scientist. That She's got a trained space for doctor. Six and she does space. Uh, <laughs> she fixes, fixes space sicknesses and satellites. <laughs> Because she has space doctor knowledge. Yeah. And um, she also has a dead kid. And she's like, wow, it's crazy to be in space after all that. And you start to wonder, did she go to space as a reaction to her loss? I don't know. <laughs> but that's as far as it needs to yeah, go because they're yep. in space and explosions. Yeah. Big 3D IMAX explosions yeah. that make I, you feel like you're there. And here's uh, this is the way I've been sort of selling people on, on gravity uh, is its opening. Uh, I think, honestly, the best thing about gravity is its opening. Because what comes after is so unsettling because of its opening. Mm. And the opening is so much more unsettling because of what comes after. The opening, if you remember, is just uh, three facts about space. What um, were it, they? It's a black screen, yeah. white text. And it. And I don't remember exactly, but it says something like, uh, you know, uh, the, the space between Earth and the moon is can fluctuate between like negative 140 degrees Fahrenheit and positive 260 degrees Fahrenheit. And it's like 15 degrees outside where we are right now, and I hate it. Right. And, I, and there's air here, 
So there's that. Space has no air. I it's think, terrifying. Sure that's like the next spec. So it's like <laughs> so it's like it's this cold to this hot, and then it's like uh, there there is no atmosphere in space. Uh, so, you, you know, you can't breathe or whatever. And then the next fact is like, this also means sound cannot travel, right? So it's like these three sort of facts about space. And then there's a whole bunch of black space. And then at the very bottom of the screen, it says humanity cannot survive in space. Ugh, and then it terrifying. just opens on this fucking idiot of a woman, like out on a spacecraft. <laughs> She's a space doctor. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Sandra Bullock. Sandra L. Bullock. I don't know if that's what it is. But she's she's the best in it. She's yeah. really good. She's actually great in the movie. She's she's like George fantastic. Clooney. He was born to be an astronaut, if not an actor. So hey, it worked out for everybody. Yeah, he, he got to be both. And the, I love. It, it is truly a B movie. He's like straight up the stereotypical space cowboy. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's like, and I see. I don't want to be too spoilery about yeah, it. Yeah, me neither. But his second scene, yes, was one of those things that I know it wasn't a real thing. Yes. But I loved it when I thought it was a real oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, And even when it was, I was like, ah, oh, it's great. And here's the thing. The only reason that scene worked, I don't want to say anymore, but the only reason that worked, like that initially you were like, wow, is because it was George Clooney. Yeah. If there was any <laughs> other actor doing that, you wouldn't have believed it like, for uh, a second. I'm not into it. Yeah. You wouldn't have believed it for a second. It's insane. It's a roller coaster movie. <laughs> it's <laughs> absolutely a physical experience. Yes, yes, yes. If it was any more of a story in terms of the whole family issues, it would have been too much. Oh, I'll tell you what. I if think, it was any less, it wouldn't have been enough. I think what would have fixed that they movie is no story. Yeah. I, I truly think what would have fixed that That's movie true. is Just the only story it. is what's happening out in space. Mm hmm. I think that would have worked so much better. Absolutely. Um, Leave it cold. Yep. Yep. Just tear, especially with the three facts at the beginning. Yes. And one of those facts was the no sound. Yeah. They use that a lot. Yeah. There's no explosions in space. There's the biggest explosions you've ever seen in IMAX motherfucking 3D. Yeah. And they're just quiet. Yeah. And they're terrifying. Oh, it's, yeah. It's insane. It's horrible. Can I suggest that we either pause or give a moment of silence and refill our water glasses? I'm into it. Uh, so we'll be back with, uh, I think I got like five more movies on my list. Dan's probably got about seven or eight. Yeah, seven, seven, and five. we will return with them. This is a great episode, you guys. <laughs> I hope you're loving it as much as we are. Okay, we'll see you on the other side. No, that didn't cut off. <laughs> <laughs> it was a smooth rollout. You had a nice radio show host thing going. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, so oh. Don't, don't worry, I can pick that back up. We'll be right back. <laughs> We're back with more I Like the Movie Movie Ray with Dan and Garrett. In the morning. Uh, okay. <laughs> you can really, I just want to point out, you don't have to actually listen to it in the morning. Oh, you can listen to this whenever true. you want. Uh, really? We're on your time. Mm. I've been putting them up at like 8 a.m. That's right. It's all about convenience. I lock though. them at 9 a.m. Oh, oh, okay. It's yeah. like breakfast at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. We're going to get more people mm-hmm. that way. It's the only way. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what number are we up demand, to? Dan. Uh, we're up to number seven. Number seven. Yes. All right. Number seven. Here we go. We're going to take it out at upstream color. That made it to number six on mine. Okay. Number we're six. We're starting to meet in the middle yeah, as the, we're as the pool yep, thins yep. out. Uh, uh, you know our what, love for upstream yeah, color. What can we say about it that we didn't say in the two episodes we did about this movie? A million things, but we're not going to get into it. No, because yeah. uh, j- go back and listen to uh, our review of Upstream Color as well as our interview with uh, Andrew Sensenig, the star of Upstream Color, one of the stars of Upstream Color. Uh, it, it is a, an, it's a beautiful movie and a, an astoundingly told story. It's, it's un, it is unlike any other movie you'll see this year. And it's available on Netflix, so yes. check it out. Uh, it, it, it's 
totally worth way more discussion than we're going to have about it now, uh, just because we've already discussed we did it, it to, to no end. And I, I'm pretty sure both of us on that episode were like, I think it might be my favorite movie this yeah. year. And once I got to <laughs> make it my list. I saw so much more uh, know, after that that just popped in. And maybe it's just recent movie syndrome. Maybe I'm just falling victim to buzz, but so it goes. But Upstream Color is the little film that could and will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Let's just move on. So here's so here's my number seven actually. Uh, Iron Man three. Oh man, that was a tough cut for me. Yeah, I mean, and, and what was weird is it going to be that or Superman, uh-huh. and it's objectively better than Superman. Uh, but yes. I just I have this weird passion for the Superman movie. This was the best Iron Man movie, without uh, a doubt. I, I I think for sure the best Iron Man movie. A lot of people make arguments for the first one, but I think the first one has plenty of problems. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but this movie, this is like a good fucking movie. They like told a really great story with the character of Tony Stark. And it's awesome to me that Shane Black's directing it. Yep. Shane Black helped resuscitate Robert Downey Jr.'s career yep. when he directed Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yep. And everyone started to kind of like Robert Downey Jr. again. He wasn't a bad boy anymore. He was nope. like the, yeah, he could be America's hero. And now he is. Yes. And then he's back in a Shane Black buddy cop comedy uh, that kind was of a weird of 80s action movie. One of my favorite things about Iron Man 3 is it is, it is a Shane Black movie. Absolutely. He absolutely took took it it's it starts on christmas yep. and it ends in a warehouse battle yep. it's a shane black movie and it's a it's a buddy cop movie it's got a relationship with a kid it's got everything that you've ever seen in a shane black movie uh and it's good and it's really good and it was they cheated but they got around the iron man fighting robots that yep. are just like iron man syndrome you know like all the other ones were just iron man fights another version of iron man yep. Yep. in this one he fought uh he fought outside of the suit. Yes. And they accomplished lot, the, the multiple Iron Man technology wow moments yep. by just having him having little bits of usage of each suit yeah. as he just did things out of the suit. And it's uh, uh, it's cool. You see why... How did Iron Man survive that first... The first big explosion when he's in the... Uh, the what's it called? <laughs> the army with the army cats. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> the first one when it, Iron Man becomes Iron Man. He gets through it with... Yeah. yeah, he gets through it with his wit and his MacGyverness. Yep. And so he has to do that now, but he's just aided by better technology. It's the thing that I really liked about it is the first, you know, I I do think it's the best of the three, but it also really does work as a great bookend to those three movies. Mm. Because the first movie ends with him saying, I am Iron Man. And that was sort of what set the Marvel Universe apart was like, we're not going to, this isn't about like uh, uh, secret identities. Mm. That's, that's not what this universe is about. Uh, which if you think about it, all superhero movies before that were a lot about the secret identity versus the hero identity. Mm. And so they took that away from it right away. Just, I am Iron Man. Uh, but what he means there is I'm the man behind the mask. Like I, mm. the this mask that you're seeing that is this great hero, Iron Man, is Iron Man. And I'm that guy. And then they, so for the third one, they come back to this idea of I am Iron Man. And what the whole movie is about is no, Iron Man is actually Tony Stark. Mm. Tony Stark is Iron Man. It's the man behind the suit that makes that hero. Mm. Uh, and so you and and to illustrate that, this is what I love about it. That is the theme of the movie. And so to illustrate that, they spend a lot of time with him outside of the suit. Even a lot of the fight scenes are him not actually in his suit fighting. Mm. Uh, and it's it's I just I love uh, again that's like movie movie storytelling you know mm-hmm. what I mean to have a theme we're gonna make this about Tony Stark it's not gonna be about Iron Man so let's take him out of the Iron Man suit and make it about Tony Stark and it's a smart branding for Marvel to be making yes because right now I think that if I were to guess there's not gonna be an Iron Man four he's gonna be the central character in Avengers two in some way because they're doing the you know if they if they go that way with it if I were to guess there will be an Iron Man four eventually but Robert Downey Jr. will not be playing Tony Stark okay but I think it will 
will be a, a far enough ways off mm. that that will be like sort. They'll they'll probably wait a long enough time. That yeah, they'll they'll palatable. hand down the uh, yeah. the sword. That's a little more palatable. But he's uh he's the anchor Iron Man, and who yes. who would have guessed Iron Man? Yeah, fucking what 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 the fuck's an Iron Man? Yeah, and he defined it in his own way, and it it worked. Uh, and so, I, but what I'm saying is that for Marvel to do this, like. Why? Why always just broil the? You know, why go big with the stories? Broil the big Avengers stories by having these nice yep. little stories. Just go do a buddy cop comedy. Yeah. You know, Shane Black style with oh, yeah. Iron Man because it's and it's amazing. You yeah. know, they just throw a bunch of money at it. Let's talk about Ben Kingsley. Yeah, yeah. They did something cool there. Yeah. And spoiler alert: fast forward three minutes. <laughs> Fuck it, we're talking about it. Okay. The big thing for yeah. Iron Man three was yeah. Ben Kingsley's gonna pull. Like a fucking Heath Ledger Joker, like yeah. an iconic villain here. Yeah. And they built it up and it was like, oh, is he going to do it? Well, he's Sir Ben Kingsley. Yeah. He's a knight, you know, they're pretty good. <laughs> and uh, then he, they just, they sold it out entirely. They pull the rug out from under you completely. On he's that. just an actor yep. playing a character of Mandarin. Yep. He's He plays Ben Kingsley yep. playing this. And that's that's funny. Yep. It's good. And it worked because it, uh, I, I he was sold it. very impressed with the way they made that work. That could, that's one of those things that, a lot of hardcore comics people that I wasn't yeah. one before this time in my life uh, that are like, fuck that. The Mandarin is this, but whatever. That's the only reason they're saying fuck that, though. Is yeah, exactly. Mandarin is sort of a big enough, significant enough villain that they're like, well, fuck, now we're not going to get a man. You know what I mean? We won't mm. get a Mandarin now. I don't think, I, I I sincerely doubt anybody's like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. You know what I mean? Because it actually really works for the story, I mm. think, very well. Um, but it, it does, it disappointingly takes the Mandarin away from us. However, uh, apparently he shot a one shot. You know what those are? Mm. They've been doing these Marvel one shots, they call them, where it's just like a five minute short film on the DVDs for the movies as they come out. And Kingsley said on Twitter a little while ago that he filmed a one shot for Marvel. So mm. now people are questioning like, oh, are they about to pull the rug out from under us again? And, and he is in reality, the he is the, or maybe he works for the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, like, it'll be interesting to see. Because they did introduce the, uh, I'm gonna fuck it up. The something rings. Yes, the it's called the. I'm gonna fuck it up too. The actually. five rings or something. Yeah, the ten th- rings. The twelve monkeys. I think it's. I'm trying to remember what the number is. I think it's ten. The the power rings. The ten. Yeah, the, the ten, power. I think it's ten. The magic Ben Kingsley rings, yeah. and then they also put in extremists, which goes into Agents yeah. of Shield. They're really making a big net. Oh yeah, it's good, but we got to move forward from it. We do. Um. So that was my number seven. Uh, we already covered my number six, but what is your number six? Number six. My number six was Upstream Color. Never mind. Uh, my number six is American Hustle. I did not see that yet, and I really, really want to. It's just a cool movie. Yeah. I, like, it's it's an actor's piece. Yep. It's it's a, once again, Christian Bale gains 40 pounds, slips a disc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because he's, he's a committed fucking actor. That's that's the Batman you gave up for Ben Affleck, guys. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I'm on board like with Bat. I, I'm totally on board with Batfleck. I like Benny Affleck. And uh, <laughs> I like Benny Affleck. He was an Armageddon. <laughs> um, it's a good movie. It's actors just acting the fuck out of a great movie. Yeah. Um, I heard the, it's uh, very, 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 very funny. I personally think Jeremy Renner steals the show. Oh yeah, he's awesome in it. Yeah, and it's just good. It's David O. Russell, so it's got like a, a little weirdness to it. Yep. but it's very charming. It's. A fish called Wanda by way of like The Departed. Yeah, yeah. It's a con movie. The I stakes the don't get as high. It's actually pretty cool too. Oh yeah, and the the big of course there's going to be a big sweep at yeah, the yeah. end. Got me. Yeah. It was <laughs> nothing gets me. American <laughs> else no. Things get me. Most things get me. 
And I'm going to be I talking, heard Jennifer uh, Lawrence is really good in it. She's too. awesome in it. But oh, and the other person, Bradley Cooper. Oh yeah, he's so good. His yeah. hair's in little curlers the whole time, and he's visually funny. Yeah. He does a very weird, weird but funny kind of neurotic performance. Cool. Because what he is is he's the FBI agent that's blackmailing, uh, you know, the the conman into working for him and climbing higher up the chain. Okay. But he's like real hungry about it. Okay. It's good. And there's a couple stars that are in it that I didn't know were in it. Oh. And so. I don't know if I want to spoil it. No, I would like to see that just kind of happen. Uh, there was a couple of people, and then I heard like, oh yeah, they were in it. But if you don't that know, it's to me better. With Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. There's like a bunch of people that started cropping up that I was like, what? I didn't know you were in this. Wolf of Wall Street is still in contention for me. That's such a good movie. It's uh, on my yeah. list, that but I don't know where. Me. Uh, all right, you want to do number five? Number five. We're gonna go with. Oh man, you're next. Oh, that's your horror movie. Okay. I thought I thought it might be the one that's on my list, but then I thought about it and I was like, "No, he really liked your next." I still haven't seen that. Your next is good. Yeah, and the Conjuring was a tough cut for me. I know what you're talking that's, about. Yeah, that's that's, that's, <laughs> that's my, a tough that's, one. That's my number five. That was a tough cut for me. Um, your next is cool because it's a horror movie that has a really good script. Yeah, and it's an older movie. It came out in 2011. Mm-hmm. It premiered at Fantastic Fest, and then it just kind of disappeared. Right, kind of like what Cabin in the Woods did. Yep. And then later it comes out, and it comes out. And it's it's helmed by the. Uh, you know, the uh, crew from VHS and uh, ABC's, I almost said Murder by Death, <laughs> ABC's of Death. Yeah. And um, it's uh, it's good, and it's I'm excited about it. Okay. Because Adam Wingard, who did it, is going to have more money to make his next movie. Oh, it's going to be great. scary. Yeah. I really, it's really scary. want to see that. It's funny. It's gory. I, I can't it's get fun. enough of like, good, fun horror movies. It's that's, good. That's one of my favorite things. And it's smart. It, it embraces yeah. that... that uh, this, it embraces that the slasherness of it is not what it needs to be. Okay. But it totally embraces the slasherness. It gets crazy. Cool. And everyone's good in it. It's all these good kind of indie actors. Yeah. And it's very... Like, just watch it. It's yeah. very good. I I hated The Strangers. And this is a kind of home invasion movie sure, twist that sure. just is great. Okay. See that shit. Uh, yeah, I, I put The Conjuring at number five. It's funny that we had horror movies in our in our five mm. slots. Uh and and here's the thing, I I have only recently, I, I feel like over the last like five years or so, even become a horror movie fan. Mm. I never watched a lot of them growing up or anything. Too scared? Uh, yeah, big old <laughs> baby. Uh, and uh, I uh, I think it was like once I saw The Shining and realized how amazing it was, I was like, mm. oh right, horror movies can actually be really interesting. Mm. Uh, and and since then I've gotten into things like Evil Dead Two and things that are are more fun than interesting. But um, I The Conjuring was something. This is a type of horror movie that I never want to see. I never have any interest <laughs> in like, uh, oh, it's the seventies. We got this big old house, and it's haunted by things that lived in it before. Look, a doll. It's moving. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and that was the other thing. What like once the movie started, too, it was like this weird amalgamation of every fucking dumb thing that's ever happened in a horror movie. Mm. A haunted doll, a possessed lady, a fucking talisman. Like, it's got every little element of every dumb horror movie you've ever seen. And it puts them together in the most beautiful, thrilling way I've seen. I, I've never liked a movie like this, and I loved this movie. I actually it's legit it's, scary. I, I kind of it is legit scary, and I it, I almost like questioned myself when I put it at number five for the year. I, I only saw twelve movies, so it wasn't like that hard. Mm. But I almost questioned myself because I do think a little of it is just like how low my expectations were to mm. have it be so good. 
like really puts it up there on my list, I think. Like maybe even amplifies it a little, but it is legitimately very good. The it's shot really well. There's a in particular, there's a couple sequences that I was like, that is very fucking impressive for a horror movie. To do something that I've seen horror movies do before, but uh, like better. Hmm. Like at this point, this type of horror movie should have nothing new left to do with it, and they found a ton of new things to do with it. Uh, while taking a whole bunch of old shit that has been done so many times I never want to see it again and actually make it interesting again. The Conjuring was one of those movies. When I was like a little kid, the craziest things would stick with me. I remember I saw Tremors as a little kid, Uh, and I was afraid to walk on the ground because (laughs) of Tremors for like a month. I saw Ghostbusters, and because the hands reach out of the chair and grab Sigourney Weaver, I didn't sit in chairs for like eight months when I was a kid because I was so scared. After The Conjuring... Maybe like two weeks later, I was sleeping and my foot was hanging off the bottom of the bed. Uh-huh. And I woke up and I immediately thought about The Conjuring uh-huh. and I was fucking terrified. Uh-huh. I'm 29 years old. I live in a studio apartment uh-huh. and I was afraid that a ghost was grabbing my foot because The Conjuring. Uh-huh. That's a good thing. D- uh, <laughs> that is one of the sequences I was talking about. It's, it's one like of the it's going to yank me, but if I move, it'll grab me. It's such a simple effect mm-hmm. and it's so effective. That it's, was a good movie. Oh my god, I really, Fuck. I really liked that movie. <laughs> I really, really liked. And that he's movie. got, he's got the tough task of directing Fast and Furious I Seven. Know, I know. So I feel. I was about to say I feel bad for him. Yeah, I do feel bad for. <laughs> but there's That's, worse people to feel bad yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, number four. Um, wh- what do you have? I have something we've been talking about for a little bit. All right, I have uh, the act of killing. I don't even know what that is. The act of killing is the craziest documentary you will ever see in your life. Huh? And I mean that without any sort of, of exaggeration. What it is is, oh, God, I'm going to fuck up the countries and sound like an idiot because I forget. <laughs> but uh, what country? Is it Indonesia? Yes, know. there was a revolution 60 years ago in Indonesia. Okay. And during that time, Chinese dissidents were basically you know, getting exterminated. Yeah. And so these street gangs that kind of worked for the government, kind of shady, would just round people up. They were interrogators. And they just killed a ton, pe- ton of people. They were street toughs. And then they just kind of became royal- like royalty in their city. Okay. Filmmaker goes over there, finds out that as they were doing this, they were all big fans of American movies like Scarface and The Godfather. Okay. And so they acted kind of like them. And he says, okay, I'm going to give you guys money to help me direct a movie starring you in the American style about your what you've done. What the fuck? And these guys are like openly chatting about how they just choked people out and did crazy Whoa. shit. But it gets real because as these guys start to experience it over and over again, they start to see things that they didn't see many years ago. And it's an incredible movie. And of course, it's produced by Werner Herzog. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's... It's wild and you should see it. Whoa. But here's the here's the that other thing. It's crazy. it's very entertaining too. Yeah, yeah. It's a good movie. That sounds crazy. The, the act of killing. Highly I really want to see that. Mm-hmm. That okay. Uh I wish it was narrated by Werner Herzog. <laughs> I know that uh, he improves everything. <laughs> I'm not he, gonna do it. He would just spend the whole time being like, As you can see, the man who acts like the killer becomes the killer. Through a depiction of his inhumanity. He finds humanity. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 a while. He doesn't narrate it, though. Yeah. But if he ever wants to record a commentary track, I'll give him a dollar. <laughs> I'm into it. All right. My number four was The Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. that uh, That's probably going to be my uh, my number three. Okay. I, uh, I, I saw it last week. Uh, I was very much looking forward to it. I will say I, I think that it is, uh, as Leonard Maltin likes to say, marred by over length. Mm. Uh, it it is quite long. 
it never gets boring, but it does feel long. And it's and they're never repeating anything, but I do feel like there's a certain point in the movie where it's like, okay, we do get it. Like mm-hmm. we don't need more illustrations of this. Like we we get it. I was disappointed when he didn't. Well, I, still, I don't want to spoil it because it's okay. so recent. Yeah, yeah. Well, it did feel a little bit long, but I knew I was getting into a long movie. See, I didn't actually. I knew this was going to be. It's yeah. Martin Scorsese doing a, a a biopic. Supposedly, it's his longest movie to date. The day before it, I was watching TV at my parents' house because yeah. it was Christmas. Yeah. And Casino came on HBO. Oh wow, yeah. And I was like, I'm gonna fucking watch Casino. So yep. me and my pops watch Casino. Yeah. And I was like, this is incredible. Yeah. And it, it was funny. Yeah. It was a gangster movie. So when I went into Wolf of Wall Street, I got exactly that again. Yeah. Trade gangsters for stockbrokers. Yep. It was awesome and it was hilarious. And Jonah Hill's teeth should win an Oscar Dude, for he, best everything. He should win an Oscar. Oh, I actually yeah. thought he was incredible in it because he's not. Do you want to smoke just, crack with me? <laughs> yeah. He's not even just doing a character. Uh, I'm sorry. He's not even just doing an. He accent. is a real pathos. He's doing like a voice, too. Mm. like like it's not even just an accent. Like he's <laughs> he's doing like a whole voice, and like there's some physicality to it that he doesn't normally he, have. He's good in it. He's really good, and I really liked that you could tell Scorsese even let him improv a little bit. Mm. There are some scenes where you can tell he's doing his Jonah Hill fast talking, just throwing some insults out at somebody. Mm. But they but Scorsese does his like hold the camera on him and just let him go. You know what mm. I mean? It's like, it's this weird mix of He was like, the Pesci of the movie. Oh, I know. He was yeah. absolutely the Pesci. Yeah. And he was, what I thought was so good about him is that Jonah Hill's so instantly fucking recognizable. Yes. And yeah, they gave him teeth. Yeah. But otherwise, but he was gone. Yep. It was one of those where like, even in this Leonardo DiCaprio, I felt was a little bit of Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was just, uh, he was a real character. Oh yeah. He was fucked up. Yeah. And it he was, was really it was good. Yeah. And so it, it was a good movie, and it was. Uh, I want to read the book. Yeah, yeah, very it's, badly. It's full of like really fun performances too. Like, uh, who 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 plays his dad? Is it uh, Rob Reiner? Rob Reiner, yep. fantastic, uh, great. He's so uh, frustrated with them. There's just a bunch of fun little cameos like that. <laughs> and what scared me about it, and what I think was, some people are saying that it celebrates his lifestyle, and I don't think it does. No, it, I don't think. It but does I at looked all. in the mirror and thought, if this was happening to me, would I act exactly like this and worse? And I thought, you know what? Yeah, that could yeah. easily happen. And uh, it's scary. It's very scary. And I, I, I think the one criticism I heard of it that does make a little bit of sense to me why people feel like it glorifies it a little is just because there's not a single scene of the people they're affecting. Mm. There's not a, there, never once do we see the people whose money they're taking, mm-hmm. right? And what it's doing to them. However, I think that that's definitely a conscious choice that Scorsese made. Absolutely, because he's supposed not to telling their story. Mm. He's telling this guy's story and what what the consequences of that are. Well, and know? I think also these guys, it shows how how just cut exactly. off they are to it. That, exactly. They don't give a fuck exactly. at all, and so we we don't have to know either. Yes, exactly. And I think that's part uh, of it. I think it's it was a very much an indictment of that. You know, exactly. Um, it, and it is it's surprisingly funny. Mm-hmm. For how uh, deplorable everything they're doing is, it's it's very funny. It's good, uh, and actually, DiCaprio gives an extremely physical performance, especially in <laughs> one scene in particular. Who knew he was good at slapstick? Oh, and it's incredible! It's, it's incredibly like hilarious. Real, uh, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable that he pulls it off the way he does. Uh, and I, I really, I, uh, you know, who else was very good in it? Uh, Kyle Chandler. Yeah, oh, he yeah. only has one real significant scene, but it's great. And when you get to that scene that he's in at the end of the movie, the very end, he's got that one last little scene. You know what I'm talking about on the subway? Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I realized as I was watching it, like, oh, 
this movie's actually kind of about him. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I, it's all about Jordan Belfont or whatever, but I feel like Scorsese sort of, like, with that last scene goes, like, but, like, think about this guy and his perspective and what he just did, because that's actually a little more important. Because mm-hmm. he gets that moment where he looks around the train and he's like, oh, I spent all these years doing this? Mm-hmm. All this work to get that? Yeah, Like, this guy, it. three years of jail time? He dedicated his life to it. Yeah. And the other guy just yeah. raged. And I also think you're supposed to get the impression from that scene. Uh, uh, tell me if you agree with this. You're supposed to get the impression from that scene that what he says to him on the boat initially. You, so they have this conversation on a boat where for the first 10 minutes, it seems like they're actually having like a very legitimate good conversation with each other. And uh, maybe this guy is not actually after him and it will fall victim to mm-hmm. what Jordan Belfont has already fallen victim to. Uh, but then you realize at the end of the scene that they actually both have been very aware that neither of them mean what they're saying, mm-hmm. that they're all they're talking circles around it, each other, yeah, playing a game with each and other. That's a very Scorsese thing. Yes. That, that was the thing that was always good about Pesci in both Casino and Goodfellas is that you'd be having this straight-up scene of a conversation and then it would suddenly go cold and right. you're like, oh shit, things are, something's up. Right, this is not, uh, uh, but, but what so, I liked about it is Scorsese so, directed it with an energy. Oh yeah. It was a very youthfully directed movie. He was, yeah. and he's an old man yeah. and he just, it was oh, high yeah. energy the whole oh, time. But yeah. well, my point about that scene though is the, when you get to the end of that conversation, you're like, oh, okay, so everything they were saying to each other was a lie. Mm. But then when you see that scene in the train at the end, I kind of think you're supposed to get the impression that this cop legitimately, like he at one point legitimately did want to be a broker. Mm. And legitimately was interested in these things. And the failure that he explains to him earlier in the movie is all true. Mm. And that he was probably kind of interested in what Belfont was telling him. But is is to, you know, he's a, he is like a just man and and, and knows what's better. Mm. I kind of, Did you get that impression at all? I actually kind of got the impression that he maybe was being a little bit truthful. In I think scene. so, too. I absolutely think so. Yeah. Why not give him that character character depth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We shouldn't get... Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't oh, get too fuck. far into it. That movie was... But although at the same time, it's 150 hours long, so we could... Yeah, yeah. We could spoil everything. Yeah, yeah. And it wouldn't movie, spoil it, anything. Yeah, it's one of those movies that I don't think spoilers really spoil either. Uh, you you kind of get what you would expect out of that. It's movie. good. I yeah. thought the soundtrack was good too. The Foo sound- Fighters popped up. The that soundtrack was kind of cool. Was good. Me first and the Gimme Gimmies were on it. There were a couple weird musical choices. I thought. I thought uh, it was cool. It felt they were. Hip. Su- I think they were supposed to indicate the time frame that things exactly. were happening in. Think about like Forrest Gump. Yeah. Leonard Skinner comes on. Yeah. You know what era it is. Right. Foo Fighters come on. You know what era it is. But it, it there, did play accurately. But there were to that. a couple choices that I thought felt weird. Uh, felt weird for the scenes that they were under. Mm. That was there were a couple that I was just like, well, this is a little weird. Mm. Uh, but it was it was overall very good and uh, very yeah. very very funny. Yeah, I would I would say that that and um, American Hustle were like two of the funniest movies I've seen yeah, in a long time. Uh, it, it was kind of incredible seeing what is ostensibly a drama be one of the funniest movies of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really I, I liked that about it. It was cool, and it was Terrence Winter's script too. Yeah. And so I think that also contributes to the length because Terrence Winter does something like The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. It's a big thing. It's a big story. How do yeah. you rein that in? Right. How do you rein that into three hours? <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, I, I thought it was good. Yeah. It was awesome. I, I love Jonah Hill mm-hmm. with all of my heart and soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three? Number three. Uh, we talked about mine. Oh, yeah, that, was, that was my... Was that my number three? Oh, yeah. You had, you had said there that that yeah, ended up being... That's my three. number three. Mine okay. was Gravity, so we already talked about mine. So we can move on to the two-in-one slot. Now, this is where I'm having a whole lot of trouble. Me too. Uh, and I'm trying to decide if I even want to decide 
which one is which. Uh, do you know? Yeah, I know. You know? Okay. Why don't you? What's your number two? Twelve Years a Slave. I didn't see it. It's the best, <laughs> and it's horrifying. If you're familiar with Steve McQueen, yeah, not the Blob, Steve McQueen, <laughs> the director Steve McQueen, who did uh, Shame, yeah, and he did uh, he what's it called, Hunger, and it's all Fastbender yeah. all the time, yeah, Fastbester, <laughs> and they do a giant, terrifying, true biopic of a man who is kidnapped from you know as high a life as a black man could get at the time, and just sold into slavery for twelve years. Dude wrote a book about it. It's all based on truth. It is absolutely terrifying. It's totally a beautiful, epic drama movie, but it's just, oh, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to say too much about it because it's not, it's not a nice movie by any means. Right, it's right. terrifying. It's horrifying. It's fucked up. It, it, even with something like slavery, we look back on it with a little bit of a rose-colored lens, you sure. know, where you, you just, you just picture it a certain way, yeah. and it just makes it very visceral and real. And you go, you know, what that was. That's big, and that was more than just a, a is more than just it was a real hatred yeah. that happened, and it's it's wild, and they yeah. depict it as real. Nobody pulls their punches, and everybody acts the fucking shit out of it. It's yeah. terrifying. And Steve McQueen's a big long take kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does like Alfonso Cuarón style uh-huh. long takes, uh-huh. but not to showcase camera work performance. To showcase just a long scene. Yeah, but it's still the camera work is active and fluid. And it's good, and it's very sad, and it's, I'll admit it, it's the first movie in a long time that I actually cried. Oh, wow. A little bit at the end, I was like, tearing up. It's, yeah. it's, it's a good movie. Uh, yeah, I don't, none of that makes me want to see it, I'll be honest <sighs> with you. I, but you really should see it as the thing. It's really good. I know, I know. This is one of the things, as I was looking at my list, though, this has become like a trend for me. I used to love that, like a movie that really had something to say that was important culturally and historically and had, had like a very strong perspective and point of view. I still like things with a strong perspective and point of view, but I prefer them. I, I'm, I'm sitting down to a movie because I want to not think about how mm. shitty everything is. You know what I mean? Like I've become... The type of person that when I was younger, I was like, no, movies are important. They need to say yeah, important yeah, yeah. things and do important things. But beyond that, I, I I will say beyond the importance of it, yeah. even if it is important, it's just a good movie. Yeah. If Schindler's List is our Holocaust movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. 12 Years a Slave is our slavery movie. Yeah. And that's, it's crazy, you know? Yeah. And, and it's, it's weird that that's, movies weren't really made in a real light about slavery. Right. And then Django Unchained mm-hmm. kind of started happening. You know, there was like, you know, black exploitation films in the seventies mm-hmm. that that did that. Yeah, like the color purple. Yeah, and the color purple, but I mean, like more mean spirited about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it it uh because it's a tough thing. Yeah. But it is the Schindler's List to slavery. I you would don't say, think and it's Roots good. Already told that story pretty good on TV. <laughs> but but it is. I I submit that it's a movie movie because yeah. the the director knows what he's doing and oh, it's, yeah, yeah. it uses it. Yeah, I'm not questioning any effect. of that. I just when I hear that that's what the story is, I'm just like, Phew. doesn't sound like something I need to put two hours into. You should see it. And midway through, Brad Pitt shows up. Really? Well, he produced it. Oh. So he plays this character, and it's weird because he's not bad in it. Yeah. But it's a character that absolutely would be served by being played by a non-recognizable face. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But when he shows up, you're like, oh, Brad Pitt, he'll save the day. Yeah. And you just feel that immediately about him. But I won't get into it. 12 Years a Slave is is just see it. You should really see it, dude. Uh, all right. All it's right. good. It's got, I always call him Chewbacca Etch-A-Sketch. <laughs> Chiwetel Ejiofor, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. actually easier to say. <laughs> he uh, He's, he's awesome in it. I he's a great actor, and yeah. he... he 
once again to to use the term he acts the fuck out of it yeah uh so why why don't you tell me your number one now too and then uh and then we'll talk about why i'm dancing around my number one and my number two i loved absolutely unabashedly loved this is the best movie it's incredible inside lewin davis uh-huh the new coen brothers i movie. really need to see that it's incredible it's everybody is is really really good in it the music is really good music and it's all performed by the actors right. in the movie now of course one of them is justin timberlake yeah yeah, yeah. so you're already on board is, like really funny and, and it's, interesting. it's yeah. awesome yeah. i sing it all the time now because yeah. it's just it's so catchy i immediately leaving that theater bought the soundtrack on my phone yeah and the soundtrack was good, but they, it's not a showcase for the soundtrack. It's a good movie. It's a Coen's Brothers movie, so it's just a bunch of bastards being funny. It's which really funny. I did funny. not get the impression it would be from the trailer. I felt as if it was. It was almost in a way the Coens making a movie about if suddenly they had to make movies without the other Coen. <laughs> really? Because he's a folk singer that was in a duo. Oh, right, the one right, part right, of his right. duo is no longer with him. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's just kind of he's good enough. Yeah. But he he can't catch a break. Interesting. And I feel like that's kind of the story they were telling because it it's it treats the arts generally and music generally with just a, a love and a fondness and like we appreciate the work that these people who just kind of are shitty and die that are good at good at things like that. And um, you know, he can't catch a break and he's just a it's a Coen Brothers movie. Everyone's a bastard. <laughs> it's everybody's just a bastard to one yeah. another and it's funny and it's quirky and it's just uh ah, I loved it. I would see it again. Uh, I really want to see it. But. It's so good. Yeah. If if Oscar Isaac releases an album of music, I'll buy it. <laughs> and I mean, I essentially did buying the soundtrack. It's so good. Yeah. And he was he wasn't really anybody that I even knew. And then I realized he's in things. Is he in Girls? Is that where he's from? I think he's from Girls. Yeah. But he's um. <laughs> he's incredible in it. It's yeah, an incredible yeah. movie. I really really want to see. It. Does it have like a lot of the normal Cohen cast? John Goodman's there. Okay. Um, not really. It's kind of it's a small cast. It's a okay. very small cast. Interesting. It's uh, <laughs> Justin Timberlake yeah. steals the show. Is he he's great? So, he's absolutely great. And there's actually a new guy, and I wish I knew his name. I should have looked him up. He plays the other part of that song. He's also in the movie Francis Ha. Okay. And he's like the wink, wink rumor for Nightwing oh, okay. in the new shared DC universe. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird, but hey, that's cool. New new faces are popping up. Yeah, I like that. But. It, Coen Brothers are always good. Yeah. They prove again that they're the best at doing what they do. Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. See it. I, I will. I really <laughs> want to see it. They're some of my favorite filmmakers. I uh, I love their movies. That it was actually one of their first movies that I saw the trailer and I was like, mm, I don't know if I'm interested, but mm. I've been hearing nothing but good things. So it's good. Yeah, you will like it. Um, okay. So my number two and my number one are ostensibly not even that different of movies. You probably already know what they are. Uh. And I, 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 just, I know exactly what they are. I can't decide which it's volcano one I and like Dante's better. Peak. <laughs> it's, I mean, essentially that is what happened this it's year. Armageddon it's Armageddon and Deep, uh, Deep Impact. Yep. Uh, it is uh, wor- the world's end, and this is the end. Yep. Uh, okay. So here's why I can't decide which one I like better. I want to talk about it. So I think that this is the end is way more uh, wildly inventive. Uh, than World's End is. Mm. Uh, this is the end. Is like it, it's so fun and inventive and crazy and weird and like it just it's 
way funnier than it has any right to be for how sort of silly and one note the concept kind of is ostensibly uh the but it also goes big places like the fact that it's about the biblical apocalypse and that was what they decided to tell the story of it's just it's it is such a a crazy idea for a comedy and they pulled it off so well it is so well executed from every angle i i i I can't help but want to put it at number one but (laughs) I know that World's End is a movie I'm going to watch probably 45 times over the course of my life. There's no way I don't watch The World's End. I've already watched it like six times. Mm. There's no way I don't watch it probably another six times this coming year. And then once a year, every year after that for at least six years. Mm. I I will watch that movie over and over and over again. I've seen it twice now. And I think that it's weird because they're almost the same thing. More than just it's an apocalyptic right, thing. Right, right, It's essentially just a crew of actors that we all know have c- have come to work well together. Yes. But we have the American ones. Yep. And we have the British ones. Yep. And they each do it their own way. Yep. And the World's End one is classically more Britishy. Yep, yep. The American one is a little bit more American. It's, it's way American. Way, yeah, it's way yeah. American. And it's a... Uh, I love them both for that because yeah. I've come to like both of these crews of oh, actors. Oh, yeah, 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 me too. And... It it lends to that whole improv, you know, mumble thing that you got to, you know, everything yeah. has now. It's infected everything. And well, then there's the there's a whole other thing. I say like, infected. That makes it sound <laughs> bad. It's a it's the best it's thing. It's a good thing. I, I think that like Edgar Wright is one of our. We've talked about this before. One of our best working directors. Oh yeah. Our probably our like our generations. And Marvel got him. I oh I know. And uh, and Paul Rudd. Yeah. There's a, there's potential that now. That's official. Is it really? And it's absolutely official. And so that means there's a chance that one day we'll have Paul Rudd and Robert Downey Jr. in mech suits doing yeah. shtick at one another. Yeah. That's that's the best thing I can think of ever. <laughs> it's better than any I could watch that for if they just released like Marvel's Iron Man and Ant Man talk to each other about girls. <laughs> For an hour and a half in IMAX 3D. I'm like, all right, yeah. I'm going to see this three times. Uh, he crawls up into Tony's dick hole and gives him an <laughs> uh, Oh, son of a bitch. Because he's jealous of him. Uh, I, Edgar Wright is such a great director, like a, like a phenomenal director. And, the, and with every movie, he becomes that much better of a director. And mm-hmm. this movie is outstanding, uh, the, the way it's made and the things that he comes up with to sort of create this world. Uh, especially the fight sequences and stuff. Uh, but then you also have Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg directing a movie for the first time and, and fucking doing it really well. Mm. Like, not to the level that Edgar Wright does stuff, but for first-time directors who are just comedy actors making a movie, like, really great stuff. Really, really great stuff. Like, sh- show promise of their own. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like every every argument I try to come up with for myself as to why one should take the number one spot over the other I just was able to argue the same point for the other movie, really. Hmm. And I, I want to say that at the end of the day, World's End is a better movie because I know I'll go back to it more. It, ha- it does have more of a rewatch value. That's the way Edgar Wright makes movies. Hmm. He, he is so meticulous about the way he puts movies together. They reward you for watching them more and more. Absolutely. I don't think This Is the End has a lot of that stuff, although the jokes are so funny. So I, I know I, I'll I could rewatch that over oh, and over. I definitely could, but for different World's reasons. World's End didn't make my list, and it really should... Yeah. that it was I've seen it I think three times now two or three times yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's the best and, and just like every other great movie it grows yes but it was my least favorite amongst the Cornetto trilogy see I'm and, having um, another debate with myself which is whether I like it better than Shaun of the Dead or not okay ooh very nice yeah. but, and you know what I think what's cool about it is it is about more adult stuff yeah 
And I, I do like that about I it because it resonates. I connect with it more. I connect with it more. I, I, I'm having that but the reason I like Shaun of the Dead better is also the reason that I would put This is the End above World's End. Uh-huh. And it's just because I, I think I could just turn off my brain and watch that 100 times, yeah. 150 times, yeah. stop watching it for six months, do it again, share yeah. it with friends, quote yeah. it with friends. Yeah. It's an instantly reusable movie, but yeah. not one that's entirely without merit. It's right. it's awesome. Yeah. And it's, it's fucking I think funny. Right. I think you convinced me. I, th- I think This is the End is probably my number one movie this year, because I do agree with most of that. Mm. Uh, I, I Yeah. Yeah. That, that's it. World World's End is number two, and This is the End is number one. There you go. Uh, and that, I mean, if you want to talk about, we kind of wanted to talk about trends on our list this year. Mine is mostly made up of either comedies or like big entertainment value movies. Mm. Much Ado About Nothing, World's End, This is the End. Uh, you could argue that Iron Man 3 is even a comedy to some extent. Absolutely. Uh, but then that falls into the big movies as well, which Pacific Rim is on my list. Um, and then, you know, you have like, Stoker, Upstream, Color, Gra- oh, Gravity is another big one, I think, and Wolf of Wall Street. Like, uh, you know, I think overall my list just proves that, like, I that is what I'm after now is like actual just like escapism entertainment value. Absolutely, and and you know what I think that's what's happening because yeah. movies cost a lot of money to go see, yeah, and it's tough to. I mean, at least I know back maybe like eight or so years ago, the thing was oh, the food's expensive, right, because it costs them so much money to do the movies, right. And so you got to do something that requires the spectacle of it. And when you think about movies, initially the whole point was just spectacle. It's a picture that moves. Go home. And everyone's like, oh, that blew my mind. So we do desire that. Mm -hmm. And it's only only, people that really pursue just like trying to see movies will see things that are outside of that. Because I, you know. You just download them. You can watch them on Netflix a month later. Mm -hmm. Why go see it? But if you want to get people to put butts in the seats in the theaters... It's got to be big. Yeah. And so I think they're going for that. They, they definitely are. Which, I mean, but that's not to say, I mean, we both have Upstream Color on our list. I would say The Conjuring is technically a smaller movie to some extent. Stoker, I'm sure, was not uh, that expensive of a movie. That We do have, like, quite a few smaller movies amongst mm. our list as well. Uh, just because, you know, you, you can tell an exceptional story exceptionally well with film without a lot of money. Mm-hmm. A movie movie does not require uh, the huge budgets that Hollywood seems to want to put into all of theirs, you know? Um, you know, and I can't imagine a Stoker that was more expensive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that helps Stoker, you know? The, you don't get a, a better or more of a movie movie out of that because you throw more money at it. It was uh, a good script. Yeah. That's what I mean, and I think that's another thing, too, is a lot of criticisms come to film, like things like uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right. That's a big movie. It's awesome, but can we get a better script? Right. And so that's starting to merge, though, I think. Yes. We're yes. starting to get better scripts yeah. into the, the bigger budget movies, and I think it's just a natural progression of that. It's the same thing that happened with comic books. Comic mm. books started as like a bunch of guys that had no interest in telling these like kiddie stories, you know, but it was a way for them to work in publishing. Mm. So they would get these jobs, and they would do it, and a bunch of artists that didn't want to draw kiddie stories, but it was their way to make money doing art. And then that... But then a, a generation of children grew up on those stories going like this is storytelling and this is art this is i love this and then they eventually grew up and decided they wanted to be writers and wanted to be artists but a viable thing to do for them something they grew up on that they actually wanted to do not like afterthought like oh, i don't want to get into this is comic yeah. books 
So now we get comic books that are like exceptionally well written mm. and have unbelievable artwork. Like if you take a look at that Marvel coffee table book that you got and look at the <laughs> old the best artwork thing. versus the new artwork. Oh, it's the same. The old stuff is just I need to print this out by yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. And then now it's Iron Man 3. Yeah, it, it's unreal. <laughs> it's and so the same thing is happening, I think, with movies. We're, we're so what used to just be uh, like a cheesy idea. You know, I, I think like, um, you know, Jaws was like, let's take a monster movie and actually give it like an interesting script and some interesting mm. uh, uh, filmic tendencies, you know. And so that was 40 years ago now. So now we've got people that grew up on that, kind of one of the first guys to be like, let's actually take this and craft it as interestingly as possible. And you've got a, now a new generation of people being like, all right, well, that's becoming cheesy. So how do we make it? Even? You know what I mean? It is the mm. pro- it is the progression of things. Better writers, better scripts, better for bigger and dumber ideas, essentially. You know. And every once in a while, script and budget merge together, and they call it Avengers Two or Avengers Three or yes. Avengers Four. Yep. And and we just get perfect Avengers movies until every movie forever is, is just a piece of an Avengers movie, and none of us care. Yeah. And you know what? I'm not against that. Oh, I'm so excited. For that. <laughs> That's all I want. That was uh, last year. That was Avengers was my, was my number one movie last year. I, it was mine too. And it and it's weird because last year I saw a lot of really cool movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, what kind of time are we on? I, I think we're at wrap-up time. Are we at wrap-up time? What do you time? got? What do you want? Because I wanted to talk about something that happened in, in relation to the Matthew McConaughey big okay. actor's resurgence. His yeah. other movie this year outside of Dallas Buyers Club was Mud. Oh, yeah. Everyone talks about Mud. I, I watched great. Mud two days ago. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey's incredible in it. Yeah. But I didn't like Mud. Oh, okay. And it was just kind of stupid. Okay. I don't know. It was, I don't even know what it's about. It's it's a good movie. Yeah. Like, well-looking. Yeah. yeah, yeah it yeah. looks good. It's directed... Eh, there's a couple lifetime-y moments. Yeah, yeah But yeah. it's directed generally well. It's it's definitely like a, a, a well-made movie. The acting in it is really good, except for one guy who's kind of like a King of the Hill character oh, made real. It's weird. Yeah. But, uh... It's good actors, good kid actors. Okay. And it's a good story. Yeah. But it's just the lousiest script. Oh, really? And I don't know. I just, I, I couldn't yeah. get into it. I hear McConaughey is like really good in it. He's really good in it, but yeah. he's better in Dallas Buyers Club. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he, I were to pick a best actor for the year, I'm giving it to Matthew McConaughey in Dallas yeah. Buyers Club. Did he not look totally weird in Wolf of Wall Street? You could tell he was like oh, yeah. in the midst of building his body back up after oh, yeah. Dallas Buyers Club when they made it. He looked so strange. Oh, yeah, the, the chest pounding thing. And it worked, though, because he oh, was this totally coked-out yep. maniac yep. who just is addicted to stockbroking. Yeah. <laughs> we did that a lot when we were in New Orleans, which is the... Yeah. Uh, I, you know what I really liked about that movie was the fact that it is so much like Goodfellas and Casino, mm. uh, but in the world of stockbroking as opposed to the world of murder, essentially. Mm. But what's great is at the end of the day, Wolf of Wall Street, I think the characters end up seeming way more evil than the characters oh, yeah. of Goodfellas and Casino. I still love Joe Pesci and Casino. Yeah. And he like fucked people up That's in what that I'm movie. Saying. Like even though they don't murder anyone in Wolf of Wall Street, they're essentially doing way worse things. And I love that essentially Scorsese's career, now that Wolf of Wall Street is towards the end of it, sort of proves that like there are worse things in the world. Oh yeah. Then well what's been in the news mostly or, is you know, greed is the yeah. evil thing. Yeah. Greed is the evil thing. We want yeah. secrets. We want money. Yeah. You know, everyone's, it's, it's in the culture. Yeah. You know, and so that's, that's scary stuff. And so it resonates. Uh-huh. Oh, that's, <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street was, was a tough one that I was thinking of moving up to the top. Yeah. Just I, because I of, of sheer, you know, entertainment. Yeah. But I just, I have reasons for other ones. Yeah. But I, I stand by it. Inside Lewin Davis and 12 Years a Slave are 
both just perfect. Yeah, I really want to see it. They're almost interchangeable. Yeah. It's good, man. Yeah. It's really good. I want to see it. And uh, I had another thing that I wanted to bring up. Where was it? Oh, you know what was really good this year? And I I hope it becomes a franchise. Jack Reacher. Oh, yeah. I really want to see that, actually. It's cool. I went and read a Jack (laughs) Reacher book. Speaking of Werner Herzog, isn't he the villain in that movie? He's the villain in it. (laughs) You will not take me down, Tom Cruise. (laughs) And Tom Cruise is good at it because he's like 50 now. Yeah, yeah. He can't do Mission Impossible. He's going to do Mission Impossible through 10. Yeah. But he needs an old man role to fall up fall back on when he when he gets to the tender age of 95 yeah and it and it uh jack reacher will work for that yeah because he's not climbing on buildings but he plays this this like in the books jack reacher is a big hulking hero okay. yeah and they're really good books I, really? I read a couple after seeing uh jack reacher they're really good yeah. and tom cruise is like this little squirrely guy yeah but he just has this edge about him mm-hmm. and it's scary and it's good and if that's going to be his next franchise i'm totally into that yeah jack reacher's worth it if you just like kind of half on a watch yeah. And then my other weird one was Olympus Has Fallen. Oh, you saw that? It's on Netflix. I yeah. put it on, and you know what? It's it's brutal. It's <laughs> fucking brutal. It's not good, but it's great. <laughs> so watch that, Which too. Which one's better, White House Down? Or, uh, I didn't Olympus see White House Down. Okay. But uh, Olympus Has Fallen is just like, it, it's brutal. Yeah. Like, everybody dies. It's yeah. just people just getting ripped apart. Dude, I remember apart. watching the trailer. I was like, oh, I don't think I want to see this movie. It legitimately the because that's the one that opens with like a plane flying over the Washington Monument and then shooting at it, right? Yep. I was like, I was watching that and I was like, oh, oh no, I I don't want to see that at all. Basically, like, a even, whole army invades yeah, Washington. Even if I know it's fake, I don't want to see that happen. I don't want to know what that looks like. Oh, it's cr- well, that happens pretty quick, but it's it's a good like. I'm not going to compare it to Die Hard because it's not fucking Die Hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it has that same just like man working in the in the air vents trying yeah, to yeah, yeah. trying to get the president and get yeah. out. And it's good. And Melissa Liu's in it, so oh, she I brings like a little like depth to yeah. what's what's essentially a dumb movie. Yeah, that's franchising too. Is it Paris? Oh yeah, has I heard fallen about that. Great. With the same cast somehow. Which one? Which one's the cast in Olympus Has Fallen? Is that the one with Gerard Butler? Gerard or is Butler. That the one with Channing Tatum. Gerard, Gerard Butler. Butler. And if he gets a franchise, it's yeah. just this badass. John has fallen. Whatever he is, just wherever he goes, <laughs> things fall. If that, that's what it's got. If they don't go that way, I might be pissed. But if if he gets a like, it's not a good enough movie like a Die Hard where a franchise would ruin it. Yeah. And if they franchise it, I'm down with it. Yeah, Same yeah, with yeah. Jack Reacher. Yeah. If those become action franchises, I'm gonna be a very happy man. Yeah. All right. Very good stuff. Uh, I I will say, looking ahead to 2014, uh, something I'm looking forward to, and I don't know if you've seen this yet, is what will surely be maybe the epic of our time uh kung fury <laughs> oh man kung fury have you seen that yeah uh, that's a kickstarter though right yeah yeah uh which by the way do you know about that kickstarter mm-hmm. within so their goal was two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars to make that movie and within 24 hours they had made four hundred thousand dollars wow i i know it's a good kickstarter because uh i want to donate i'm uh-huh. not gonna but yeah, most yeah, of the time, yeah. I don't even want to donate. Uh, Kung Fuhrer might be the funniest thing I heard in 2013. I hope they make it. Yeah. I, re- I really want to see that movie. What's the... Wait, what's the link for it? Do you, is there a... a... Kickstarter Kung Fury. Yeah, just search Kung Fury. Yeah, Kung Fury. You'll find it. It's that one like, I watched on the ride down to New Orleans. It is everything I've ever wanted to see in a movie. <laughs> it's, it's just beautiful. I hope they get to make it. Yeah, me too. And it could be a, another explosive you know, new team of... Filmmakers come out and make something. Yeah, I mean it. It it has uh, pangs of uh, you know like hobo with a shotgun or machete or or any of that kind of stuff. It's just an intentional B movie, and uh, I I 
love that. <laughs> I'm real into that. I always yeah. thought Kung Pao got a bad rap. Yeah. No. I think Kung Pao was like sort of like the cow scene, which obviously existed for whatever reason yeah, it did. Yeah. That movie must have been so hard to make. Mm-hmm. And he nailed it. Yeah. For exactly what it was. They just redubbed a bunch of old stuff, but filmed new stuff to include with the difficult. old stuff. It's like really weird. Yeah. And they nailed it. It's a super weird idea for a movie. Uh, all right, I think I'm ready to wrap up <laughs> 2013. Uh, yeah, 2013 was a good year. It was I, a really good year for movies. I want to add a caveat. Spike yeah. Jones's Her is technically a 2013 movie, but it doesn't come out around here till the 10th. Okay, all right. And apparently that's everyone's number one. All right, yeah, that's I'm what gonna I know. I've been seeing that. I'm going to reserve a spot one. for it yeah. somewhere, maybe. I really, really want to see that. I've heard so. nothing but good things. Okay, uh, so you can find us on Twitter at I Like Two Movie. That's the number two movie. I Like Two Movie with the number two, not the word two. Uh, or the spelling of two, or the other spelling of two, or the other spelling of two. It's the number two. It's the number, the physical number it's two. The, if you search, it's I the like backwards to movie, S. It's the second one. It's the number two. I like to move. Yeah, it's, it's I like. It's a to picture movie of a ticket. Two. But yeah. just search "I like to movie movie" with the with the word two. Yep. On um on iTunes, this should be confusing. <laughs> and it's iTunes T U any not I the number two nope. NES for right. No, you don't want to do that. Yeah. You're not going to get anywhere. Nope. No. Uh, you probably won't find us on the internet uh, after this. Yeah, subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us ratings, comments, whatever. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Just search I Like to Movie Movie. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Philadelphia. It's with an F. Uh, I host a weekly room at Medusa Lounge on Tuesdays in Philadelphia if you are into comedy and live in this city. Dan. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I do another show called Super Crappy Fun Time. Check out www.supercrappyfuntime.com. You can read the things that I write about movies on my blog at thedanscully.tumblr.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Scully. And on the 23rd of January, I'll be at Puck in Doylestown. So uh, come see that show. Hooray. And I think I'm doing February Comedy Gasm, Irish Poll. Hooray. So do that shit, yeah. too. Come uh, see that stuff. And listen to my other podcast, uh, Trailer yes, Trash. Yes, Trailer Trash. I think that's everything. Uh, so, uh, as always, I like to movie movie. I'm fuck this up. I like to movie movie. You like to movie movie. We, we like, like to movie. movie. We did it. That was it.